0: If you will, take your copy of God's Word and uh, return with us tonight to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. This is part 4 in series message number 21, but part 4 in the first 9 verses of 2 Timothy, uh, chapter number 3. We're going to look just at a couple verses this evening. Over the past three Sunday evenings that we have been together, We have looked at the first five verses of 2 Timothy 3, and Paul has been telling Timothy about the last days. Of course, the last days began with the incarnation of our our Lord, and then he also uh, talked about the perilous times that we are living in, in these last days, and uh, making it very clear to Timothy about how dangerous these days are, and about the things he needs to be concerned about. Uh, The word perilous, of course, is referring to dangerous times. Uh, It carries the idea of times that reduce your strength, times that uh, have an effect upon you because of the savage nature of the times in which we are living, the fierce nature of what is is happening. In verse 1 through 5, we looked at the character and the culture. And then tonight, I want us to look at verse 6 through 9 at discernment that we need for these times in verse 6 through 8, and then we will look at some encouragement that we get in spite of the times in which we live. Follow with me tonight as I read the first nine verses. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, trucebreakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which crept into houses, and led captive silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. In the first five verses we have already looked at, Paul is telling Timothy about the character and the culture, the character of the culture, but the character of those living in that culture, and also in ours tonight. As a matter of fact, in verse 2 through 5, he presents 19 very POWERFUL characteristics, or DESCRIPTIONS. He starts out by saying that men are lovers of their own selves in verse number 2, and he ends up with talking about people who love pleasure in verse 4 more than lovers of God. You kindly use that as bookends for what Paul is saying. Uh, lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. And I want to remind you that Paul is not talking so much about out there, although that is characteristic of out there. He is telling Timothy that he wants Timothy to understand that that is what's going to be inside the church as well. That is the type of people, the characteristic of people that he will minister to, that he will deal with in presenting the Gospel and in keeping the Church pure. He's telling Timothy, don't expect the world to stay out of the Church, and he's not so much concerned that Timothy tried to straighten out the Greco-Roman culture around him. His concern is that these people and these characteristics who, uh, characteristics of people who bring in false doctrine will not find an inroad in the Church. And Paul is so serious about that that he tells Timothy in verse 5, from such turn away. In other words, you stay away from these types of individuals and these people. Stay away from that kind of people. These kind of people who have heard the gospel, they think they have it all figured out. They maybe have built their little group of people, uh, and they have this form of godliness in verse 5. They look down their noses at everyone else who do not align with them, Paul said to Timothy, These are dangerous people when they love themselves more than they love God. So that's the character that, of the people and the culture in which Timothy would minister. Now keep in mind, we're talking here 64, 65 AD. We're sitting here tonight, 2022. So, uh, you know, over 1900 years ago, way back, Paul has just hit the nail on the head because sin is sin in any culture. And even in these last days, things are still as they were in the city of Ephesus. If you will, look with me tonight for just a moment at verse 6, 7, and 8, and think with me about the need of discernment. He wants Timothy to have discernment, for Timothy to be able to see this for what it really is. He says in verse 6, for of this sort, meaning for the type people I've just described, he said, they are people who creep into houses, and they lead silly women laden with sins, and led away with divers lust. He said these types of false teachers, they are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, the specific situation here at Ephesus is, is not much different from ours tonight. They just creep into houses in a different way. In Timothy's day, these false teachers actually came into the houses of these women who were there and they would teach them this false doctrine or lead them away. And the women were so, uh, they were so the term here is, is silly that we'll look at in just a moment, but they would, they would come in, they would enter into the houses of these vulnerable women and they would lead them away in doctrine. They would actually do that, literally, walk into the house. Today, it is done by technology. It is done through printed material. Uh, It is done through uh, a phone in in someone's hand, through a podcast, through uh, a Facebook thing or whatever. Uh, They're more vulnerable, and false doctrine is more accessible today than it ever has been in life. I think a key to how they operate is in this word, creep, here, which uh, Jude uses that word, crep in unawares, in his epistle, a different underlying Greek word, but they're really coming in alongside. The word creep here is they come into the house like the setting of the sun. In other words, it happens, but it happens so slowly that you don't even know that it's happening. As a matter of fact, it's happening right now, literally on the outside Uh, The setting of the sun has taken place, but it happens so slowly that oftentimes, unless we're specifically focused on it, we don't realize it until it's actually happened. That's the way the false teachers were at Ephesus. Paul warned them of that whenever he left Ephesus, that after my departure, grievous wolves will come in. Paul warned them of that with tears, and now he's telling Timothy, I want you to know this is what's happening in your ministry while you are... It's fighting to defend the gospel and fighting to keep truth in the hearts of these believers, there are these types of individuals that he just listed, these characteristics, men who love themselves more than lovers of God, men who have a history of sin. He said, they are coming into the houses of your members and bringing false doctrine to them. He is telling Timothy here, you need discernment. You need to understand what is actually happening. He said, Timothy, don't be ignorant of the tactics and the devices of those who are desiring to infiltrate the church. We often think that a false teacher is someone who comes to the church and he kicks down the back door and he comes in and pushes the preacher out of the pulpit and begins to spew out his heresy. That's not the way that it works. He comes in through the very subtle and seductive means as was operating even in the days of Timothy. And so we as Christians today need to be aware and need to have discernment about what's being said. There, there's a lot of things that sound so right, but if you listen to them and line them up with the Word of God, then you will see that it's not right. I had a young preacher a while back uh, asked me about a listen. Did I hear a man preach? And, and I said, No, I didn't. He said, You need to listen to him. He said, It was a great message. So I went and listened to it. And the message was not that great, and it wasn't because I'm saying anything bad about the delivery of the preacher, or about his intellectual level, or about any of that. That was not the issue. The issue was about half of what he said was not Biblical, and the half that wasn't Biblical was the half that everybody was getting excited about. And so I said to the preacher that referred him to me, I said, Go back and listen to this message and write it out on manuscript. Write out what this man said, and go back and read it. Read it without the emotion. Read it without all of, the, all of the fancy lights. Read it without all of the amens and all of the you're telling it right, preacher. Take all that stuff out of it, and go back and read it for what it really is. Very subtle. Paul described these false teachers here. He describes these that are being deceived as silly women. They take captive silly women laden with sin. The word silly means doctrinally weak or doctrinally unstable. They're not fully settled yet. And they go in the home while maybe the husband was away. And they bring this doctrine that sounds so good. And these who are weak are easy targets. If your mind has not been shaped and formed by the Word of God then you're an easy target of the enemy. That's why we're told in the Word of God to study to show ourselves approved unto God. That's why we need to meditate and read the Word of God. We read the Word of God. You say, Preacher, I can't understand everything that's in the Word of God. I've never met a man that did and probably never will in this life. We're to READ the Word of God. As Vance Hebner used to say years ago, he said, I don't understand electricity, but I'm not going to sit in the dark trying to figure it out. And neither am I. You need to respect the Word. The Word has has the power to protect you and prevent false doctrine from getting a hold in your life. These women, Paul said, were ever learning. They were professional learners, but they were never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Just as there are professional learners in college today and other places, they go to school year after year. I know a few folks I want to say, you're going to have to eventually get out of college because you're going to die before you get to put in practice your 40 years in school. And this is the way they were spiritually, ever learning but never able to take that truth and really let it work in their life. Now, there are those who read this and they say, Here he goes again. Paul had a distorted view of women. There's people say that today. Paul looked down on women. He's always trying to put women in their place. He said here in verse 6 that these false teachers, they creep in unexpectedly into these houses, and they lead captive these women who are weak in doctrine and weak in knowing the truth, who are laden with unconfessed sins, and they've been led away into things they're lusting for that's not of God. And then people will say, Paul just had a bad view of women. No, he didn't. You remember how he started this epistle? You remember the words that Paul said to Timothy at the first of his epistle? He said in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 5, when I call to remember, it's the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Paul has every right to tell Timothy about these silly women, these women who are doctrinally unsound. There's no reason for them to be doctrinally unsound. Timothy's grandma and his mother were not doctrinally unsound. Thank God they knew the Scriptures. And because they knew the Scriptures, they were able to give them to Timothy that helped bring him to saving faith in Jesus Christ. No, Paul is not just attacking women. Paul is saying here, I know godly women like Eunice and Lois when I see them, and I know other silly women that are ungodly, Paul said, who, who just are, are just susceptible to these kind of things. And so he's asking you and me tonight, as he is Timothy, he's asking us to be discerning in this day and know what's coming in to your home. Question, how do you and I receive discernment tonight? How do we become men like Paul wants Timothy to become? How do we become women who know what is right and what is wrong? The answer is, search the Scriptures. Acts 17, 11, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and they searched the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. That's how we have discernment, is by searching the Scriptures. Paul then gives an illustration in verse 8 of the magicians back in the book of, of Exodus. I love Alistair Begg has a sermon on this that talks about Silly Women and Weak Men, and that's, that's kind of a good title because that's basically what Paul is doing here in these verses. But he talks about Janus and Jambres. Tradition has it that these were magicians that had special powers. Now we know from Exodus 7 and Exodus 9 that whenever Moses worked miracles, Pharaoh's magicians did that, uh, but Paul actually names these two traditional figures who are named Janus and Jambres. They were imitating Moses in his uh, miracles back there. You know, when Moses would uh, turn a, uh, his staff into a snake, they would do the same thing. And uh, when he would do the things with the, the miracles he did, they would try to do the same thing. But the fault is that they opposed Moses. That is the thought that Paul is wanting them to get out. They withstood Moses. And he's saying to Timothy, those that that resist the truth, those that will go against what you are teaching and preaching, that is sound doctrine, he said, I want you to know these are men of corrupt minds. They're reprobate concerning the faith. He's saying to Timothy, you need discernment in these last days. You need discernment in these perilous times. And again, we're over 1,900 years past whenever Paul is writing this to Timothy, and yet we need the same thing tonight. We need discernment. We need to know truth in order to protect our families and our church. Now, I know a lot of people think, but uh, you don't pay me just to know truth. Uh, It's important for you to know truth. It's important for every husband here, every father here, to know the truth to know the truth of the word of god to protect your home to protect your children and your family from false teaching and that's what these men were they were imitating the they were imitating the power of religion is what they were doing they were opposing moses so also these false teachers were opposing the truth men of depraved mind so the first thing tonight in these last days in these dangerous times, in these last days, you and I need discernment. We need to know what sort of people that we are dealing with, people that are often among us, right in the very midst of us. But then I want to close tonight, and I, I, I've looked forward to this verse for the past four Sunday nights. Now, don't get upset. That don't mean I'm going to preach four Sunday nights on it, but I've looked so forward to this because it's a word of encouragement, a word of encouragement. And he gives this to Timothy in verse 9. He says, But, I love that conjunctive. Word, but in, in other words, in spite of everything that I've said, in spite of the 19 characteristics I gave, in spite of us living in the last days and dangerous times in the midst of those last days, in spite of the fact that false teachers are just sliding in to the homes of these unstable women and getting them all messed up, And in spite of the fact that these false teachers are like these men in Moses' day who could put on a good show of religion but were destitute of the truth of God, he said, in spite of that, verse 9, they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Paul is saying, just as those fake men in Moses' day were exposed. He said, so will every false teacher and every false doctrine. It will be exposed, and it can only go so far. And God said, then there'll be a day when it will be over. He is saying that while the influence of these teachers is a serious matter for the moment, thank God tonight, church, in the long run, they won't get very far. They won't get very far. The false prophets will not prevail You say, well, I know false doctrine that's growing leaps and bounds. They may, but according to the Word of God, they will not prevail. They will not prevail. The church belongs to Christ. It's built on Him. He's the sure foundation. Thank God the gates of hell shall not prevail against Christ's church. And he tells Timothy, there's there's coming a day when their deeds will proceed no farther, their deeds, their teaching, their lies. he said he, that will, God will manifest all of that to all men. In other words, God's going to uncover the whole thing someday, and they will fail. That's important for Timothy to know, and that's important for you and me to know tonight and to be encouraged by that. Now, we need never forget tonight that we're in a battle, we're in a war. We're in an ongoing conflict against false teaching and false doctrine. And we must be, as we say around here, we must be on our toes, always studying the Scriptures, always discerning, always praying for one another, always praying for our church that we be pure doctrinally and that we be sound. And we need to always be standing for the truth. I don't know about you tonight, but I need verse 9. I need it more tonight than I've ever needed it in my life. What a comfort that is to read those verses. After you read the first eight verses of this chapter, it is a comfort to know that, thank God one day this is going to proceed no further. But the folly and the foolishness and the lies and the ignorance of all the false teaching, God's going to make it manifest. It's going to all be uncovered unto all men, as theirs also was, as Janice and was. In the Old Testament. I need that tonight because there are so many places where tradition seems to be winning over truth. There are so many people tonight who want you to preach to their felt needs rather than their spiritual needs. I don't listen to these things, I don't, but I, I do know I do know they happen. I see the faces of preachers who are trying to preach truth. And uh, it's it's like you're going against the current. It's like you're going you're going against everything. And then those who are preaching false doctrine, man, they're growing leaps and bounds. Cheer up, brother! Thank God they shall proceed no farther. God will expose that folly someday. And you and I may be looking around tonight, saying, "I can't believe this is." happening. I can't believe the world. Everywhere you go tonight, people are saying, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe things are are happening like they are. You and I may be looking around saying that tonight, but I promise you this, God ain't looking around saying that tonight. God's not looking around saying, I can't believe this is happening. He told us over 1900 years ago it would be happening, and it is happening tonight. But He also said, be encouraged, because one day it will proceed no farther. From the perspective of the church at Ephesus, from their perspective, and from where Timothy was sitting, Christianity looked like it was on the verge of being totally annihilated. More people. How would you like to be the pastor of Ephesus? And you go and half your women that you thought were sound in the faith have now run off with this false doctrine or this cult, and your men are just having a form of godliness and denying the power thereof. That's why Paul is writing to this young man. He's saying, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And be strong, even though it looks like Christianity is on the verge of annihilation. The issue here is, will Timothy continue to preach? The answer to that was yes, and thank God for it. The question is, would the church follow their God-ordained leadership? And the answer was, yes, some did, and thank God for it. Would Timothy teach and train and entrust truth to another generation like Paul had told him? The answer to that is yes. If he hadn't, you and I wouldn't be here tonight. And You just flip that right around. The same question is for us. Will there be another generation to love, trust, and follow God? There will tonight if you and I continue strong in the faith and in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And if we understand this also, that these things are happening in the perilous times or the dangerous times of the last days prior to the coming of our Lord. From our perspective tonight, sometimes it looks shaky, but from God's perspective tonight, it is never in doubt, never in doubt, because Jesus said, I quoted a while ago, Matthew 16, 18, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So two thoughts to leave with you tonight. Number one, be discerning. Be discerning. Study your Bible. Understand what your Bible says. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. I was sitting in a motel with three preacher friends of mine and a deacon of one of their churches back, I guess, probably the late 1980s. The deacon that was there. Had not finished school, I think maybe he got through about five or six years of school and quit to help on the farm. He was, he's already in Heaven now, and he was on up in years then. And we were sitting there in a motel room getting ready to go to a Bible conference, and one of the preachers was reading a passage, and he said, I wonder what this means. The other preacher gave his two cents about it, and they were discussing it back and forth. He asked me what I thought about it, I told him what I knew about the passage, and then he turned to this deacon and he said, what do you think this passage means? And this deacon looked back at him and said, it means whatever God wanted it to mean. That was all he ever said, that's all he knew to say. But it reminded all of us, we need to study the Word of God and read the Word of God. This is the best book you will ever have in your hand, I mean beyond anything. I have, I have hundreds and, I guess, thousands of, of copies of books that comment and relate things to this book, but there is nothing better than the Word of the living God, and that's what Paul told Timothy to continue in that Word. We'll look further in the weeks ahead at how he tells him to go about that, but tonight I leave this with you. Be discerning, be discerning, but also be encouraged. Thank God, it's not going to be forever. This is this this is not the end. Thank God. It re, matter of fact, just go ahead and sneak and read. Go ahead and read the end of the book. Thank God for the ending. But thank God now, our Lord is with us, and our Lord wants us to be faithful and discerning people. Father, thank you for this Lord's day. Thank you for the word preached this morning. Thank you for the word taught this morning. Thank You for ministry shared. Thank You for prayer requests shared, for prayers given, for prayers received. Thank You for the offerings that You've given to our Church this week. Thank You for those who have given and sacrificially given for the work of God to continue. Thank You for the Word that's been taught to our young people and children this evening. I pray, Father, You'd take that Word this week and the Word we just read tonight and help ALL of us to be DISCERNING men and women. Lord, I don't want to be in the category of either one of these, these silly women or these men who just had a form of religion and no power. Lord, I want to be found faithful like Timothy and Paul and others who, Lord, honored Your Word and prayed and studied the Word of God. Work that in us tonight for Your glory. You know what the week holds, what we'll face, what our church family will face, and I pray You would give us grace tonight to live it, and to be what You would have us to be. Now Father, we need wisdom tonight, and I pray You would help us to walk in wisdom toward them that are without. And again, we lift up every request that we've been asked to pray for today. Watch over our young people in college and school, our children. Watch over each and every one. Those tonight that are in grief and have situations, I pray You would give them grace. And again, I want to tell you I love You and thank You for Your saving mercy upon us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen.